Welcome to the Relaunch Your Career podcast. I'm your host, Leah Lambert, career and interview coach and founder of Relaunch Me, where we help you find the work that you were meant to do. In today's episode, I'm joined by my colleague and friend, Emily Manley, who is one of our career coaches at Relaunch Me. Um, So Em and I have put together a bit of a collection of some of the questions that we've received both from some listeners and also some clients over the last couple of weeks. And we thought that um, responding to those in this forum might be helpful to lots of other people out there. Uh, So just a reminder that if you do have any career-related questions that you would like us to answer on the podcast, please email me at leah at relaunchme.com.au. So enough of the formalities. Welcome to the podcast, Em. Thanks, Leah. It's good to be here. Breaks up the week a bit. Yes, so it is uh, Friday afternoon. Um, we've both finished our homeschooling duties for the week. How was your week? You. Uh, oh, gosh. It's an interesting question at the moment, that one, isn't it? <laughs> I, I wish I could say the answer was fabulous, but uh, it was okay. We survived. We made it through, and I think at the moment, you know, that's a feat anyway in itself. How many um, meltdowns in your house today? Oh, gosh. If we count them over the week, there'd be, yeah, it'd be double figures, I'd say. But, no, look, overall they've coped well, but it's um, it's the most intense job I've ever had, I think, this homeschooling plus work juggle. Yeah. I think we've okay. just got to have fairly low expectations. Yeah, absolutely. It's easier said than done sometimes, but I think you're right. Um, it's just achieving what you can and being kind to yourself, I think, just not putting the pressure on yourself. That's right. And look, I think a lot of people are struggling uh, with, you know, being at home and working remotely, whether they have kids or not. So, which is um, probably actually quite a nice lead into to one of my questions then that I've got for you from Kay. Um, and she says, I'm really struggling managing staff whilst working remotely. Do you have any tips? Do you want to answer that one? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, look, that's something that I've talked to a lot of people about over the last little while and I think it's definitely harder this time around. People are feeling, you know, that external environment a lot more than they were first time around. So I think it's it's difficult when you are trying to manage kind of your own emotional state and mental health and then keep a pulse or a read on your team as well. So the first thing I'd say to Kay is just check in with herself Um, what is she feeling at the moment? Is she feeling, you know, equipped, I suppose, in her role as a manager or leader uh, to be able to kind of, you know, take care of her team? Because if she's not looking after herself first, it's going to be very difficult to do that. So I would suggest first just doing a bit of a kind of assessment of what her, you know, self-care looks like at the moment. Um, I think that's a really big one. So, she needs to, I guess the leader just set the team, set the tone rather for the rest of the team. So if she's depleted, then that will kind of funnel down to the rest of her team. Make sure that she's, uh, you know, being kind to herself and that self-compassion piece I think is huge at the moment for everybody. Uh, if you feel like you need to have a little afternoon off or a little snooze or, you know, just not attend 400 meetings in the day, try and put some of those off. Uh, So that would be the first thing. And then when she's feeling like she's in a position where she feels confident and strong enough to, you know, to effectively lead a team, then it's actually thinking about, well, 
what do they need in terms of that level of communication? In the first lockdown, I think there was a lot of have to check in four times a day with everybody and make sure everyone's good. This time, I think people have started to realise, you know, how they work best and how that communication piece looks for them and it is quite individual. So I'd be checking in with my team and just saying, look, you know, what do you want? Do you prefer email? Do you prefer me to check in first thing? Uh, you know, I think just being a little bit flexible around that and flexible around how people might want to, you know, fix their hours and kind of let them own and drive that. You've got to have trust in your team to be able to do that. So I think it's um, if she doesn't have a huge team, obviously, it's much easier to do that, to be quite individual in thinking about how people like to work and just trying to accommodate that where she can, encouraging them to take some time out for themselves, whether that just be putting time in their calendars for, you know, a forced kind of break or lunch break, encouraging things like walking meetings so she can go out for a walk and then put a her um, AirPods in and do a meeting while she's outside walking, which will benefit her, but she could also encourage her team to do the same thing. So it all comes down to kind of that role modelling. Uh, so that would be some initial tips for Kay. Uh, the communication is obviously a huge one and the wellbeing at the moment I think is where the focus needs to be. There's some great tips there. And, I mean, it all comes down to personality, doesn't it? Some people are, you know, that I talk to are actually absolutely loving working from home and having some time to them, a little bit more time to themselves and less perhaps meetings and where others are really struggling and finding that they're completely de-energised. For sure. And that's why I think, yeah, it is important just to individually check in and ask the question, just seek feedback, what's working, what's not, what can we change, how can I better support you? Great. Well, let me move on to another one. I've got another one for you, Em, from Carmel. I hate my job, but I feel like I should be grateful to have a job right now. I feel sick about having to stick it out here. I know that this is not where I should be. What should I do? Oh, that's an awful situation. And I know you and I have both been there. Oh, it's hard, but, you know, there is a way through it. So the first thing I say, if you're feeling sick about having to stick, stick it out, then that is a pretty massive red flag that perhaps the role isn't quite suited to you. I think it'd be important for Carmel to, to actually sit down and spend some time thinking about what aspects of her job does she actually enjoy, if any, uh, and what aspects does she find hard or does she really not enjoy? It sounds like there's quite a few of those. And, you know, you can quickly see, uh, you know, whether it's weighing in the wrong direction. Uh, and then to think about, well, with the stuff that I do really enjoy about the role, could I kind of increase that and decrease the things that I'm not enjoying? So can I kind of pivot somewhat so that I am doing a bit more of what I'm enjoying and about this role or career and doing less of what I don't enjoy? That may or may not be possible. Uh, if it's not possible, I think then she needs to probably think about taking steps towards a change. And that doesn't mean it has to happen today, tomorrow, next week, next month even. Uh, you know, once you kind of your mindset shifts from feeling stuck in a job to, okay, I'm on track to make a change, it's amazing how even that can make you feel differently about your role. So even if you're not enjoying it but you know you're taking steps towards something else, uh, that can kind of make it more bearable to stay where you are. So then I think she just would need to, you know, just assess, well, what are my, what are my strengths? Um, you know, potentially get some coaching around that and what, what her values are and what sort of how she could leverage her strengths into some other career or role. Uh, yes, she's right about being grateful to have a job at the moment. may not be the perfect time, but there are still things that she can do behind the scenes just to do that personal assessment. 
Yeah, I agree. And look, I think whether you leave a job that you hate at the moment, it often depends a little bit on your financial status and commitments because I think leaving a job right now, look at depending on, I guess, your experience and what you want to do next, um, you probably might need to be prepared to be out of work for a little while. Um, And so I guess something I would add to what you've already mentioned is perhaps she could look at sort of building a little side hustle in doing something in her hours outside of work, depending on her time and whether she's also homeschooling, which would mean she probably wouldn't have the time. But could she be looking at doing something that is more fun, more energising, more aligned to her values, perhaps outside of her working hours that she can be, you know, really look forward to and be energised by? Yeah, I think that's great. a great point. Um, you know, as you would know, we come across a lot of people who do that whilst they don't necessarily, they're not thrilled by their day job, but they might have something else that's more of a passion, whether it be, you know, making jewellery or gardening or whatever it might be, um, which, you know, kind of balances out that dissatisfaction. But it does sound like Carmel, you know, they're kind of strong words that she feels sick about staying in the, in the job. So I think that definitely signals some kind of action needs to be taken. Yeah, and look, whilst we're on that, I'm going to put another question to you, Em. Um, I've lost my job, and this one is from Sam. I've lost my job and I'm worried that I won't find another job in my field as, as it has been greatly affected since COVID. Should I go back and study? Mm. What would you say to that? Look, um, it's hard not knowing a little bit more about what she might want to go and study and whether she, how much sort of she has considered that particular avenue. Uh, I would say she would need to think quite carefully about study and just make sure that she's done her due diligence, I guess, and research around the particular course and what the employment outcomes are once she finishes the study. Uh, I would be getting on the website and just checking out the curriculum of the course, going into the subjects and checking out what's involved in the study and make sure that that all kind of piques her interest and excites her. Uh, speak to people who've done the course or do research on LinkedIn, people who have done that course and see what kind of employment outcomes, you know, they've reached. Um, so it can be, you know, times like this, it can be a good time to study. Um, but I think it's just making sure that it's a really considered, informed decision rather than kind of just a spontaneous or knee-jerk sort of, you know, reaction to a situation where there's an opportunity, you've got time and you've got space to do it, but make sure it's the right thing. Mm. And I look, I think if you were thinking of studying anyhow, yes, it's, it is probably, you know, I've been talking to a couple of university graduates who are thinking about doing honours, but we're thinking of perhaps delaying that for a year and trying to get a job for the next 12 months. In their situation, you know, I would probably just say go back and do your honours year now and hopefully by the time you finish, things will have started to improve a little bit. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. That's good advice. But it's, yeah, it's understanding what those career outcomes are at the end and not just doing a course for the sake of it, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Like you, you do need to be careful, you know, and you don't really know until you've spoken to people as much research as you like, but I think that talking to people piece is just so important and significant in terms of your research. Um, and you just want to make sure you can get a job at the end. Okay. Um, so, Em, do you have any questions at your end? Yeah, I do. I've noted a few down here that I've received over the past few weeks. So I think this is a good one for you, Leah. This is from Peter. I don't feel that I'm well suited to my current job. How do I work out what I'm passionate about? Hmm. So I find 
a lot of clients when they come to us us say look I don't know what I'm passionate about I'm hoping you can tell me the first thing I would say is if you're passionate about something you usually know about it already I don't think going to see a career coach is going to make you realize what you're passionate about Um, the second thing I would say is that To find a job that you love, you don't necessarily have to be passionate about it, but I do think you have to be interested in it and you have to feel energised by it. Um, But you don't necessarily have to have this undying passion for what you do. Um, And often I find that sometimes people who have gone into a career because they're passionate I'm just thinking of an example of a a guy that I met recently who was in his early 30s who became a mechanic because he loved cars, like he just absolutely loved motor racing, et cetera, and so he chose to become a mechanic. But over the years, his interest in cars has waned and he actually doesn't enjoy his job at all. Um, And so I guess that passion perhaps led him into a path that he might have been interested in for a while, but it's unfortunately, it's sort of died off and now he's actually quite unhappy. So I think, you know, you don't have to be passionate to find a good job. The next step would be obviously like we were just, you were mentioning before, do some self-assessment, you know, what type of things are you interested in, what comes naturally to you, what energises you and sometimes it's, you know, what sort of conversations do you enjoy when you go into a bookshop, what section of the bookshop are you drawn to? Yeah. So even some of those conversations um, can or those questions can give you some answers in terms of work that you perhaps would be better suited to yeah that's so true and I think you're right about the passion bit I think it has to be meaningful to you in some way but I agree it doesn't need to be your passion I mean I know a lot of people who are interested sorry are passionate um, football supporters or music lovers but doesn't necessarily mean they need to go and work in football and most of them wouldn't have the talent to be able to work as a musician so your passions are important but they don't need to you know be a career as well Mm, exactly well we'd both probably be working in the wine industry (laughs) not wrong (laughs) especially at the moment (laughs) so Leah I've got another one for you okay so this one is from Patricia I don't feel like I fit into my current workplace I've been so much happier working from home and I'm dreading the day when things return to normal what should I do Mm, that's funny I've had the same conversation with quite a few clients the last couple of weeks And I think it's a lot of the introverts are really enjoying working from home. So, look, I I honestly believe the work environment is such an important factor when it comes to choosing the right career. And, again, as you and I both know, we've worked in work environments which were just not the right fit for us. So I think um, the first thing is when you choose a career in the first place, ideally you want to have done that research to get a really good sense of what actually happens behind the scenes. So, for instance, if you are an extrovert and you get your energy from being around people, you need to find out whether the jobs you're interested in will actually allow you to use your sort of outgoing personality and meet new people or will you be stuck behind the scenes sitting at a desk all day working on your own, Um, in which case, you know, you may find it actually quite de-energising. So I think, you know, the first thing is having a really good think about or understanding of what your personality type is 
and as a result, what type of work environment you're best suited to. So are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Do you want to work in an environment that's really process-driven, um, where you're following instructions and procedures, or are you someone who's really creative and wants to work in an environment where you can use your imagination and come up with ideas? So look, there's a lot of factors in there. Um, I think a lot of people who are enjoying working from home are often people who are introverts. Um, they're really happy working independently and working on a task without interruptions and they're really relishing in this time. So perhaps Patricia, um, she could even think about having a conversation with her manager to see what the options are for her to work from home even when things do return to normal. Um, I do think a lot of companies are going to be much more open to having their staff working from home. And as you've probably seen in the news, some companies like Atlassian, they've actually decided that everyone is going to work from home going forward. So I think that's going to be much more, well, much more of the norm. Um, so hopefully Patricia can perhaps come to some arrangement with her manager and use this time working from home to prove that she can still deliver the same results and some great outcomes without being in the office. Yeah, absolutely. Great. And I've got one here from Steve, Leah, and this is a LinkedIn question. I'm quite a private person. Do I really need a LinkedIn profile? Mm. Look, I appreciate that not everyone likes social media and likes, you know, a lot of people do really value their privacy. Um, at the same time, I think you've got to balance up what you're what your objective for being on LinkedIn is. If you are someone who is job searching and perhaps more in the sort of corporate space, then I really think it's a must-have. If you are someone who works in retail or hospitality and your ideal employer isn't actually on LinkedIn, then I think it's not as necessary. If you're a freelancer or a contractor or have your own business, then, you know, again, it's a must-have. You know, there's a number of reasons why LinkedIn is useful and it's not just for networking. The way that I use it the most is for research um, and working with clients to show them how you can find out information to help you make really good career decisions and how you can find people who can help you. So it's, you know, great for research. Uh, I also think it's kind of expected. So when you send a resume to a recruiter, um, that one of the first things they will do is look you up on LinkedIn. You know, some industries, I think it's kind of a little bit strange if you're not on LinkedIn or the recruiters might think that. Um, so, look, Steve, I would, depending on your industry and the role that you're trying to achieve or um, the career path you're trying to achieve, I would strongly consider it. And you can really control how much information is seen by other people. So there are some really good privacy settings that you can adjust to your needs. So I hope that answers the question for you, Steve. I think that's really good, Leah. Um, I often get the question, you know, I'm not, or the, the statement, I'm just not a networker. You know, it's just not me. And the people feel really intimidated by the thought or daunted by the thought of having to go out and network. Um, and so what I would say to that is, I think it's uncomfortable for everybody when they start out, unless you're a super extrovert and you've been in sales or something like that and it's sort of second nature. But for anybody else, it is intimidating and it is daunting. And I think like anything, it's just a matter of practice and, you know, once you've had the opportunity to reach out to a few people, 
the more you do it, obviously, the more confident you get. It's like any skill that you're trying to hone, I think, just repetition. Uh, and then the more you do it, the more confident you'll become with it. And you'll start to realise pretty quickly that generally people are open to helping and everybody does it. So, you know, it's not something that only desperados do. I think there's this kind of, I don't know, stigma with networking and reaching out to people that you don't know on LinkedIn. Uh, but actually it is a really acceptable way now of contacting people. And I, look, I would say most people do accept your request but I still think it's important to perhaps send a little note as to why you're connecting. I do find that it's a little bit odd when people just connect and there's no, you know, you have no understanding as, as to why they might be connecting. If you can send a little personal note to say that you have been following them and you're interested in what they've been posting or, you know, something that you're in the same industry, then I think then they're obviously much more likely to accept your invitation. Um, it's funny, am I... I think I've only had one knockback. <laughs> so I actually contacted a lady who I was thinking of getting to to engage me. Oh, sorry, I was thinking of engaging her to help me with something. I think it was my website or something like that, something that she was offering. And so I sent her a LinkedIn request and she wrote back and said that she couldn't accept my request because she was nearly at her limit for connections which I didn't even know was a thing. Anyhow, it turned out I I looked it up to see, well, how many connections you can have and it, the limit is 30,000 or something. Oh. So uh, I obviously um, when was not in her <laughs> top 30,000, which pretty funny, I thought. Projecting. It's, <laughs> not, it's not you, it's me. I think I've got one final question here, actually. Let me just have a look. This one's from Jessica. I've been on a career break for a year after having my second child before COVID, planning to start looking to return to work. However, I'm homeschooling kids. I just don't have time to look and recruiters won't look at me because I've got this enormous gap on my CV. I think that's always an issue for mums wanting to return, isn't it? Addressing that gap on their resume. Uh, yeah, so she's just said, can you help with that? Mm. Well, look, I, I think the positive from COVID, if there is a positive, is that the gap isn't going to be such a thing anymore. I think so many people are going to have a gap on their resume that recruiters may not even question it like they have in the past. Um, I think often the gap is more of a hurdle for the candidate than the recruiter in some cases. So I guess the, the most important thing would be to be able to explain what you've been doing during your career break, um, to be able to talk about it in a positive way and talk about what experiences you've gained and what skills you've developed whether it's through volunteering at the local kinder if it's you know doing some webinars on LinkedIn to keep up to date get being involved in LinkedIn to keep in contact with people in the industry some online courses there's so many things that you could perhaps talk about you know in terms of the things that you've done during that break but look you know I I feel I really feel for people and I, I've got a few friends as well and clients who were expecting to be, you know, this was their year they were going to get back into work and then obviously COVID hit us and they feel like they've almost had to delay that even 12 months. So I do feel for her. Is there anything you would add in? I think that's that's all really good advice. And the only thing I'd add is I think often it does come down to confidence. And again, you know, confidence can just hold us back so much. So I think just doing some things that will help to increase your confidence um, and like you mentioned, you know, whether that is 
doing some kind of short course online or um, even just, you know, getting amongst some like-minded people and fleshing out some ideas, just finding your tribe of supportive kind of mums, fellow mums who have had success stories. I think being around people who've been successful can inspire you. Lots of people are willing to help you, so reaching out to people who might be able to help with just personal brand rather. You know, I think just working on that side of things and just remembering that all the skills that you hone in motherhood as well. You know, there's so many out there that I just don't think are recognised enough when we go to interviews as returning to work mums that we are completely different people than when we left that workplace or left to go and have a child. So just important to remind yourself of that. Yeah, look, I think you can start small, can't you? Like even just doing a learning something really small. I know when I learn something new, I, you know, it builds my confidence, even if it's quite a small thing. You know, it might be using some new tech or something for the podcast. And I, you know, I think I get a real sense of achievement knowing that I've added some new skill to my, my repertoire. Uh, so, look, Emma, I think I'm out of questions as well. But, look, I hope that's been helpful to our listeners. And we're really keen to do some more Q&A type style podcast interviews like this. So, as I said, you know, please email me any questions. It's leah at relaunchme.com.au. Um, if you've got any specific questions for Em from things that she's talked about today, you can also email her direct at emily at relaunchme.com.au. So, look, Em, it's great to great to chat with you. Thanks for sharing your insights. Uh, have a nice weekend. <laughs> not that um, it's very exciting these days. Uh, no, not at all. But look, um, I mean, there are there are similarities, I suppose, aren't there, to being incarcerated? We probably shouldn't make that. We shouldn't compare to being in jail, but that's what it feels like sometimes. We'll get our one hour of exercise out in the yard. Uh, and that will be the highlight of the weekend. I think it's going to be pretty horrible weather, so it won't be too bad isolating this weekend. What about you? Uh, not very much. Um, walking the dog is probably the highlight at the moment and uh, doing a bit of cooking with my daughter and my eldest has just discovered online shopping, so COVID might end up being quite an <laughs> expensive time for us. <laughs> Look out. Well, Well, thanks for having me, Leah. It was great to chat and enjoy your ISO weekend. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Same to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Relaunch Your Career. If you did, please subscribe, share with your friends, leave a review or connect with us on social media at Relaunch Me Career Consulting. If you have any questions about the episode or the work that we do, then contact us via the website relaunchme.com.au. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.